Hello and welcome to episode number 142 of their Giants podcast. Uh, today I have a, a couple of player interviews that I have recorded over the last few weeks in Richmond. Uh, <laughs> I have a few of these piling up. I was able to speak with uh, reliever Tyler Myrick and also Victor Barricotto um, with the help of... Uh, Fundamentals coach Lipso Navo doing some translating for us, and I have both of those in today's program. Um, both of these guys who have uh, have come up from Eugene and really had outstanding kind of breakout seasons. Uh, so I think it's pretty exciting to get the chance to talk to them. Uh, before we get to those, of course, I will mention that There Are Giants is uh, entirely subscriber-based and supported. Uh, so if you enjoy the podcast content but you haven't started looking at the newsletter yet, uh, maybe now is a good time to go over and check it out. We're about to get into the off-season content, which means, of course, reviews and wrap-ups and rankings and all the good stuff that I have going on in the winter. Uh, so check it out at theirgiants.com or rogermunter.substack.com. And uh, I would love to have you as a new reader. With that, um, first I'll turn to Tyler Myrick. Um, I wrote this today uh, that the the Giants pitching draft of 2021 has not had a really great year in 2023, uh, with the obvious exception of Mason Black. Uh, but the other guy who is sort of holding the holding the banner high for the class of 2021 is Tyler Myrick, who was taken in the 14th round. Um, had a really good first year, went to the Arizona Fall League last fall, uh, and has established himself as one of the better uh, short relief arms in the system, I think, this year, uh, with really explosive power stuff. Um, so let us talk to Tyler and sort of hear his baseball journey first. Uh, well, Tyler Mark, thanks so much for taking some time. It's great to, good to talk to you. Of course. Um, I, I'm always interested in guys who grew up in Florida because I feel like the talent that you're growing around, up around as a kid is pretty amazing, and you end up playing with a lot of people you know, from the beginning of your days that are all over the game these days. I feel like Florida guys are like, yeah, I got a buddy on that team and a buddy on that team. Uh, is it that way with you? It's like you just everywhere you go, you see people you've been playing with all your life? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it was a blessing to grow up in the state of Florida just to, like you said, to play with the, the large group of talent around the area and you know, playing travel ball essentially my whole life. Um, I got to meet a lot of people that, like you said, like I get to play against every day. That I'm like, hey, I played with that guy, or I know that guy. So yeah, it's been it's, it was an awesome experience. Does that give you? I know when I talked to David Br a couple years ago, he's like, I wasn't the guy who got the the D1 scholarship, and I wasn't the guy who got the the first round pick or whatever. But I played with those guys, and I know I can compete with them. And it, it, it gave so it gave him a, a little more boost of confidence. Like I know I'm 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 in that guy's game. Do you feel some of that too? Or are you like, I played with the best and I know I can compete at that level? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, like you said, I mean, growing up playing with those with those guys that are, a lot of those guys are playing in the big leagues now, you know, just being able to say that I played with them and, like you said, I, I know that I can compete with all of them and, you know, hopefully one day I'll be right there with them playing against them. So, so you went to Florida International and uh, you know, some year I'm going to stop talking about the pandemic, but it just like affected everybody kind of in college in that year and you were even double affected because you had just had tj the year before yeah. right what was so you miss a year for for tj and you're just coming back and then like the world stops what was that experience like for you um it was in the moment i i honestly had no no thought on it like it like everything getting shut down baseball getting shut down i kind of just like 
took a moment to reflect on everything that I had worked for coming back from, from TJ. And then it kind of just, like you said, just coming to a complete stop. And, and it gave me time to evaluate what I had been doing after TJ and what I was doing before TJ. And it, it honestly helped me out a lot. Uh, gave me a little bit of a break, and then I went and played summer ball, and it was, you know, one of the best, best summers of my life playing baseball. You know, that's really interesting because I, I know when I talk to guys about TJ, they, they can't wait to get that that first game in, the, the first bullpen, and to have that sort of like disappear on you. You had to figure out other ways to to measure your progress. Um, so I, why was it good for you? You think that that that's, that spring didn't happen, and you you got to kind of get away from the game a little bit um i think honestly the biggest part was because i made like three or four starts before covid shut everything uh, down and it was kind of going back and forth like my first outing back i had to get i had to get pulled out of the game because i had a blister so that was frustrating and i think it was just i was trying to do too much instead of just like you know it had been a while since i played the game that i've been playing my entire life so it was a little bit of an adjustment i had to make and i think that time off kind of reset everything you know let me get my feet wet again and then once I went and played summer ball um everything just was rolling so you were in, in kind of an interesting situation because the the year before that the summer before that you'd actually been drafted yep. the year your TJ year yeah. right yeah. coming off a t- coming off a missed season Texas took you and around that doesn't exist anymore yeah. what was that decision process like for you when you when when you heard your name called uh, there was there was no decision making like it was kind of just when they called it was like a hey you know congrats like we've been looking at you and stuff like that but for me it was I honestly wasn't expecting a phone call at all I was expecting you know to to that was my first full year of Tommy John so like I was throwing live and stuff like that so I was just ready to get back to school and yeah. and play some fall ball so it, it was a cool you know surreal moment just because it was the first time I had been drafted but. Also, at the same time, it, it didn't feel real because I knew that I still had some work to do. Yeah. So you did that that pandemic year. You said you played summer ball. There was a, a little league started down in Texas with yeah. a lot of people in it. Um, what was that experience like? I mean, you must have just been glad to be on the field when a lot of guys couldn't find places yeah. to play at that point. It was an awesome experience. I mean, I tell a lot of the people because that was my only um, summer ball I ever played in college. So it was a really cool experience for that being my first like time playing summer ball in college, but it was essentially minor league baseball. Like yeah. we were playing at, uh, we were playing in Amarillo, Tulsa, San Antonio. So it was really, it, it honestly feels like this, but it was just with a bunch of college guys. So it was an awesome experience. I loved every minute of it. Did you have umpires or was it like self umpire on yeah, the game? Yeah, we, we had umpires. It was televised, <laughs> or not televised, but it was. Um, you know, it was recorded, and you were able to watch it on live stream and stuff. It was it was a really dope experience because there wasn't really baseball going on besides yeah. you know you had the major leagues that was going on, but that was it. So it was it was cool to be able to be a part of that. So when you finally did uh, get in your next season, the 2021 season, and now you know you're back for good, going into that draft, um, were you hearing buzz from you know your advisor or scouts? Did you feel like you were gonna, your name was going to come up again at that point? Yeah, I mean, I was really hoping for uh, for day two. Obviously, um, that didn't play out. But, you know, I was excited that when my agent called me and said, hey, the Giants are going to take you on day three. And I was like, all right, let's go. And then that was on day two. So I had to wait till the next day. You know, just a lot of excitement, a lot of just nervousness. But 
you were so in college. You were kind of the opposite of uh, Hayden Birdsong's story. You were a starter in college, though, pretty much the whole time through, right? Yeah. But you never was. You never started uh, once you got into the giant system. You've always been a reliever. What was that transition process like for you? Uh, it was. It was an interesting one because, like you said, like my last last year in college, like I was a starter. I was throwing, but I also knew um, that once I got to professional baseball, that I was probably going to be a bullpen arm so like it was it was a weird transition like I was still you know planning myself every day as a starter but once I once I got the pro ball I knew that it was time to flip the switch and it wasn't a hard transition for me just because I guess I always want to play always want to pick so being able to come out of the pen instead of every fifth day is it's actually been a good thing for me um you know it just helps my drive a little bit what is the, I get this question from my readers all the time. What is the onboarding process like when you get you've signed your contract, you're coming into now Scottsdale, and you're talking to the professional coaches the first time. You're getting a development plan. Um, what is that process where you're kind of like they're figuring out who they are and and, and how they want to use you and kind of communicating that to you? What's that process like? Um, I mean, it's just when they when you sit down and have that conversation, trying to go over the process and the plan, kind of what they have for you, you kind of, you know, you have to stay within yourself, stay true to yourself, and then take the information that they have and, you know, put it into your game plan and make your minor critiques to best fill your, the way you go about your business. So I was looking at one of uh, some of your old scouting reports uh, when you were in college, and I was kind of surprised that what I would see come up is, you know, really good arm, uh, the strike throwing is a little questionable, it's surprising to me because as a pro, I think it's been one of your strengths. Yep. Um, how did, where, how did you make that growth happen uh, from dialing in on throwing strikes? Um, I mean, growing up, I was, you know, I was, I started, I threw a lot, so I was, I feel like I was always around the zone. I didn't really walk a whole lot of guys, and then once I got to college, I think every year I was trying to work on something different, and then I finally found the process and the plan that works for me once I got to pro ball and I've kind of just been going with it and it's it's been the best I could you know I could imagine so so give me the Tyler Myers scouting report what's uh it's it's a high-rise fastball and a is that a cutter or a slider I, I call it a cutter uh I think it's got the movement kind of in between the two just I think what really plays a part is the velo on on the pitch so yeah I would say fastball up um and then you got the cutter. I feel like the cutter can play in all zones, and then the sinker. I've always been a sinker guy my entire college career, and then once I got the pro ball, I kind of stopped throwing it as much. Was just going four seams up, and then later later on in Eugene this past year, I started throwing the sinker a lot more. And then once I got here, I knew that fastball cutter wasn't gonna wasn't gonna play by itself, so I had to add that third fastball in there. So you got up, down, and then across, right? Yeah. That's, that's the tree? Yeah. And it's either a long cutter or a short slider? Yeah. <laughs> it feels like, I mean, as we know, velo is just taken off these days. People are throwing 91, 92-mile-an-hour sliders. When when I was a kid, that was a really good fastball. Yeah. Everybody, everybody in every bullpen has crazy, ridiculous stuff. Yep. As a reliever, how do you stand out? <laughs> in, you know, in an industry where everybody's just ungodly stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's just knowing your plan, knowing your role. Honestly, um, like I said, fastballs up. Just 
sequencing well, hitting my spots and staying in the zone. I think for me that's been the biggest thing this year, like you said, was was my zone percentage, the amount of times that I'm throwing the ball in the zone. So I produce soft contact, so like that's kind of mm-hmm. what I that's what I shoot for, soft contact. So actually in zone pitches is more important to you than in like chase rates or, or, or contact rates? Um, it just depends. Like it depends on like the lineup and stuff. But I mean, it all starts from throwing strikes. If you don't throw strikes, you're not going to be successful. So if you're able to pound the zone early on, it, it puts that that doubt in the hitter's head that if you go with something off the plate, they're still going to chase at it because they think it's in zone. So I think that's what really really helps my game. When you're out there and you're competing, what is this? This is too, more of a black and white question than I wanted to be. But what's more important to you? You kind of, and your process, doing what you do best or knowing what the hitter's weaknesses is and attacking that? Both. I know that's, <laughs> like you said, black and white. It's both. Um, I mean, more times than not, it's going to be pitching to my strengths just because if you're not confident in what you have, um, it doesn't matter what the hitter has. So... For me, it's it's a little bit of both, but I lean more towards what do I what do I bring to the table compared to the hitter. It's controlling what you can control, right? Yep. The old thing that Absolutely. athletes are good at, and nobody else in the world is. Yep. Uh, before I let you go, I want to ask you about uh, you got to go to the Arizona Fall League, yep. which is a really cool experience for people, and there's like a very high rate of guys who are in that league who ultimately get to the big leagues. You get to face the basically the best hitting prospects in baseball. What was that experience like for? Uh, it was a surreal moment, but I mean, also once I got there, I knew it was time to go to work and I had to do my job. So, um, but yeah, no, it was super dope experience just to see, like you said, all these guys that, you know, are the top prospects in baseball and I get to compete against them and show what I have. So it was a really cool experience and I feel like I made the most of it. Is you, are you like, your body doesn't think it should be still like playing at that time of year. Uh, do you have to like fight against some of the fatigue and like, okay, we stopped a month ago, but now I'm jacking it back up again? Yeah, it's, it's just one of those things. I didn't really stop. Um, like once, once we won the championship up in Eugene, I got to come, come home for like a week and then it was right back out to Scottsdale and right back to it. So it was just a quick little refresh, but at the end of it, it was, you know, it was, it was like, all right, now I get to relax a little bit. It's been a long year, so. But. <laughs> I mean, it's also a cool little nod from the org, right? Yeah. They're, they're not just sending it, any, yeah. anybody out yeah, there, right? Yeah, no, I mean, it was a super dope experience. Super, super blessed to be able to go out there and compete for the Giants. And, so. Well, it's been a great, you know, first two years. Obviously, you're, move, you're moving the right direction. Uh, the stuff looks good. It looks crisp. And uh, I love watching you out on the mound. And, and good luck to you the rest of the way. Hope thank you see you in the playoffs. Yep, thank you. Thank you, sir. Okay, that was uh, Tyler Myrick, the Giants' 14th round pick in 2021 out of Florida International. And um, for my my second interview today, again with the help of Lipso Nava translating, we have the real, I think, breakout performance of the year. Uh, I got to talk to Victor Barracoto, um, kind of an unheralded part of the of the great 2018 international signing class. Um, but has been a performer from the beginning. He, along with Louis Matos, was actually brought up to Arizona at the end of his uh, his first year in 2019, which was a really unexpected move. Um, he had 
uh, injury issues uh, after the pandemic, um, but this year he's he's really exploded and particularly tapped into his power, um, shown tremendous power this season, and uh, it really seems to be taken in places. The 21-year-old is is having a terrific, particularly end run uh, in double a uh, which is a very difficult level for a hitter his age uh, anyway i got to talk to victor with lipso helping and and found out about his journey which actually involves some interesting uh, intersections with another giant prospect uh, which which he will explain um victor actually trained with diego velasquez's father uh, in in venezuela and and lived with them for a little while he said um, but let's let victor kind of tell his own story uh, again, thanks to Lipso Nava for translating. Victor, this is Roger. Victor, yeah. it's good to meet you. To thanks meet very you. much. Um, thanks for Lipso Nava. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, nifty, uh, nice catch out there. I liked that last night. Thank you. <laughs> um, you hear from the guys all the time that uh, when you come here from the Northwest League, the outfields are a lot bigger. I know you feel that when you're hitting. Do you feel that on defense too? Is it like there's a lot of ground out there to cover? Eh, viniendo de allá de la liga del, del noroeste, sientes que el, los estadios aquí son más son más grandes, tienes que cubrir más terreno. ¿vale? Sí, son más grandes. Eh, tengo que llevarme un poco más de, de la tarjeta de eso, donde saber posicionarnos, porque los vasos más grandes y hay que cubrir más terreno. Yeah, they're bigger and uh, obviously I gotta, you know, like read the um, the uh, defensive card that that they have. I mean, we have. And also, you know, be a be a word that you know the gaps are even bigger over here. Uh, I want to talk to you about about growing up uh, in Venezuela. When did you first uh, start getting into baseball? When did you start playing it? You know, who did you like to watch? Who were your favorite players when you were a kid? Cuando comenzaste allá en en Venezuela a jugar béisbol y desde desde pequeño, ¿cuál fue tu ídolo creciendo? Yo empecé a jugar a los cinco años de pelote de, de, de jugador de, de liguita y ya como tal empecé en una academia ya a los 11, 10 años. Y mi jugador así que me inspiró desde que estaba pequeño era siempre Miguel Cabrera y ahora Ronald Acuña. Uh, uh, idolizing Miguel and uh, Acuña. And he started when he was five and then like at age 11, you know, he, he started going into an, an academy. Uh-huh and start getting pre- prepared. Before the academy, did you just play, uh, was it like Little League, or what kind of game? What kind of, what kind of games did you have there for, for the little kids? Antes de que estuvieras en la academia, estabas en una pequeña liga que jugaban, como jugaban. Sí, estaba en una pequeña liga jugando, y el gol normal, tradicional, de pequeña liga. Yeah, he was playing Little League, like, you know, like the... The traditional little league, you know, like kids, you know, having fun and uh, playing against each other. What's the process for getting into an academy? Like finding a trainer, having them find you. How does that happen? ¿Cuál es el, el uh, proceso de entrar a una academia? ¿Cómo, cómo, cómo es que eso su, sucede? Ya cuando los agentes van viendo que que tú tienes talento y que puedes desarrollarlo trabajando ya día a día, ya ellos se seleccionan y Te separan de los niños a desarrollarte como un pelotero para que puedas ser pelotero profesional. Pretty much he gets selected, you know, by by some guys that are, uh, you know, looking for uh, talent at that young young age. Right right now, that's that's what they 
what they do and uh, basically you know separate them you know from from the kids you know like the normal kids playing and put them you know with this group like there are more advanced who who is your trainer quien fue tu entrenador o algo tuve varios entrenadores Miguel Blanco you got a guy called Miguel, Miguel Blanco Jesus Velasquez, which is the, the father of Diego Velasquez, one of our players at a lower level. And Ronnie Cedeño, he was a, a former big, big, big leaguer with uh, different teams over here. Are there, are there other guys either from you know the giant system or some of the other systems that you grew up playing with in the academy as a, a, a young kid? Hay otros jugadores que que creciste jugando con con ellos con ellos de los gigantes o o de otros equipos. Con Diego, con con Dieguito que vivimos un par de años en la academia, con Altiaga. Kind of had chance, you know, to sorry to grow up with Diego. They live at the same academy. And also with uh, Iverson Arteaga, which is another player uh -huh. that we, we have at a lower level. Yeah, all guys having good years. <laughs> yeah. When you, uh, so when you got into the giant system, like from the very beginning, when you were in the DSL, you were always a guy who takes a lot of walks, works long at bats. That's something that the Giants really prioritize. Is that something that was always part of your game, you know, from the beginning? Este, viniendo de, de la academia, pues según lo que él ve, era alguien de que agarraba muchas bases por bola, de que tus turnos le sacaba muchos pichos a los lanzadores. Eso fue algo que, que, se, que se hizo prioridad cuando tú venías creciendo o algo. Eh, sí, la selección de picheo. Sí, eso. Yeah, he he was taught about being more 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 selective, you know, like his pitch, pitch selection and everything. What's part of that growing process? That first year, uh, you know, you and Matos were on the team together. Both of you, at the end of the year, got brought to Arizona, which is pretty unusual. Was that like a, a real compliment? Did you feel like, oh yeah, people, I'm, people are really excited about what I'm doing here? Tuvimos mato al, al final de la Liga de Summer League, fueron traídos acá a Arizona. Fue algo, fue algo que eh, los inspiró o algo que, le, que les dio más. Sí, fue algo impresionante, algo que no nos esperábamos. O sea, eh, fue una subida inesperada y sirvió de experiencia. They didn't expect that to happen and it was something that, that created more uh, like good good vibes, you know, between them, you know, good things, and obviously, you know, like the advantage of, you know, not even the first year, you know, coming over here, and, you know, you're like in a pretty much, you know, like a show, show, showcase over here. And then the next year, what should have been your second year, everything gets wiped out. Were you one of the, one of the kids who was sort of stranded in Arizona that summer? Y después el segundo año, obviamente todo, o sea, como que se borró por lo del, por lo de la, por lo del COVID. Tú fuiste uno de los que tuvo que quedarse varado allá en Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, he was one of them. What was that like? What did you do that summer just to, like, pass time? ¿Qué hicieron como ese verano para, para pasar el tiempo y eso? Fue algo un poco difícil, ya que estábamos lejos de la familia con tantos problemas que estaban pasando y ya que tampoco podíamos salir mucho porque... 
pero ya después de ahí nos preparamos y fue que jugamos la, la liga instruccional esa que jugamos en, después de, del COVID en el año 2020. It was really difficult, you know, because at that time uh, they they couldn't really go out. You know, there was a lot of a lot of players, you know, in the rooms, you know, and everything. Some of them, you know, tested positive, and you know they were they were not allowed, you know, like to go out and everything. So they had they had to keep their their minds, you know, busy, you know, doing some something. And then you know, like uh, the uh, next year, you know, they uh, they. Played that that instructional league yeah. in Arizona at the beginning. Uh -huh. How did you even like just stay in shape? What did you do to keep your body in shape? También fue también un poco difícil porque no podíamos entrenar, no podíamos hacer nada, pero comiendo bien yo me, me pude mantener todo ese tiempo sin hacer nada. I mean, they basically ate. They ate. They ate a lot, you know. But they uh, eventually they try to, you know, keep themselves shapes, you know, like doing push-ups, sit-ups, you know, and everything because everything was shut down. Yeah, I need to do more of that. Yeah. And then the next year, you basically didn't play because you were hurt most. You got like five at bats or something. Um, so it's like two straight years you missed. That must have just like. Killed you that season to like not be able to play, yeah. Son dos años que obviamente al año siguiente te lesionaste, no pudiste jugar. Fueron dos dos años difíciles. Sí, creo que después de ese año, en 2021, creo que fue el año más difícil que yo pude haber pasado, ya que yo pensé que se había acabado todo con esa lesión. Estaba joven, nunca había pasado por eso, pero eso me sirvió para prepararme mentalmente y a prepararme mejor y. It was really rough, that injury, you know, like, it was like a wake-up wake call, basically, but at the same time, you know, it, like, gave him more uh, things, you know, put everything in, into perspective, you know, to work even harder and, and uh, come out ready to go. What what was it? What did you hurt that year? Wrist. La mano. So then last year, basically, you're playing for the first time in two years. You're going from DSL to full season ball. How long did it feel like you were you're back in a groove? How long did it feel like to make that transition? ¿Cuánto te sintió, cuánto te, eh, tiempo pasó para hacer esa como es transición? Este, te costó mucho y el año siguiente pues regresaste y metiste mano. Eh, sí me costó ya que, que me lesioné la mano y es algo muy importante que uno que necesita para uno jugar. Pero ya después me trabajé mucho en el off-season y fue que pude llegar a Red y a Training y jugar San José. Sí, el off-season me permitió volver a en shape, volver a estar listo para lo que iba a ser, ¿sabes? Like playing uh, uh, full season, obviamente él estaba conmigo en San José. Eso fue un eye-opener para mí y para toda la organización. The the second half, I feel like you had a you had a pretty good second half. You ended up, you know, good numbers, not great numbers. What did you take away from that year? It's like, what do I need to get better at when you went into the the winter last year? Fue lo que tomaste como enseñanza para para poder seguir mejorando de ese año a este año. Me sirvió mucho que de que no como se empieza, sino como se como termina uno la temporada, ya que yo no tuve una buena una primera mitad. 
Pero ya en la segunda pude emparejar y me sirvió de mucha experiencia y madurez, ya que es una temporada larga. Y fue que me, me ayudó a llegar a saber lo que yo me iba a enfrentar este año. La experiencia de, you know, like finally playing a full season and then it's not how you start, it's how you, it's, it's how you finish. So, I mean, he uh, trusted the uh, pro process and, you know, the numbers were there at the end. Yeah. So that was kind of like the lesson he, he learned. So one thing that's noticeable this year watching you is, I mean, you're just hitting bombs out here off the scoreboard, off the batter's eye. Where did the power come from? Is this like the strongest you have felt as a, as a professional? Sé que el que el viendo las viendo las prácticas y eso ve que saca la bola por ahí, por aquí por el lejos por por lo más lejos parque de dónde de dónde proviene ese 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 poder. Yo creo que es una fuerza natural y que yo trabajo también mucho en, en, en la temporada muerta lo de la fuerza y la rapidez del swing. Uh, it's a natural thing, but he also works, you know, to be uh, uh, a fast twitch muscle, you know, with the swing yeah. during the off season. Uh, obviously, you had an amazing run in Eugene. It's uh, it's harder at this level. What are the adjustments that you're learning to make? Uh, what are the what are the difficulties about being in this league, and and how are you learning to adjust to? ¿Cuáles son las dificultades que estás consiguiendo en esta liga y cuáles son los ajustes que estás haciendo? Eh, creo que hay mucho nivel en esta liga, ya que hay mucha, mucho, mucho piche veterano y, y lo, lo, lo más difícil sí que me he encontrado es el bateo, ya que los piches están buenos, saben localizar sus picheos, pero eso me sirve de experiencia porque ya no es algo que me esperaba que me subieran tan temprana, tan temprano para acá, pero ya eso me sirve ya de experiencia y saber lo que yo me puedo encontrar el año que viene aquí. First of all, you know, like uh, having the chance to come over here, he didn't expect it, you know, to be called up that soon. Yeah. Second of all, you know, like coming over here, uh, knowing like by by reference that this this is not like a easy league. You know, you find a lot of veteran guys, you know, that they they, they can lo locate and they have speed. You know, they have, you know, they work, you know, they work hitters, you know, different ways, you know, like by adding, by, by take, taking off, and they also lo, lo, locate really well. So what's the next step for you as you start thinking, obviously, if we get to the end of the year, you have a winner to start, like, preparing and, and improving. What do you think the next thing you want to focus on improving about your game is? Que es el siguiente paso de, de que te estás enfocando para seguir mejorando y seguir man, manteniendo ese, ese proceso de mejorar. Tener paciencia en el home y tratar de enfocarme, utilizar todo el campo para batear. Uh, focusing on uh, being more like patience at the plate and you know select you know his pitches when he wants to. And uh, the last question, you know, does it excite you when you see like guys like Matos Luciano, who you were signed with, you know, in the big league tower? Does that like give you that extra edge? It's like, yeah, I can get there too. No te ves en el espejo de Matos Luciano cuando sabes que son peloteros que tú pues tuviste la oportunidad de haber compartido con con ellos que dice que dice caramba yo también tengo chance sí me sirve mucha experiencia y de motivación y si ellos pudieran yo también puedo y eso me sirve de para yo reflejarme ahí y 
seguí esforzándome día a día para llegar como ellos cumplieron sus sueños. It takes that as a, as a reflection, you know, like saying, like, if, if they were able to do it, I'm able to do it as well. It's great. Uh, it, it's been fun. I've, I've been a fan of yours since 2019. It's really exciting to see this year go as well as it has for you, and I can't wait to see you know what comes after this. He thanks you, you know, for being a fan of his um, career, and uh, you know, obviously there's uh, a long ways um, to go, but you know, thanks you so much, and uh, you know, he's he's uh, sure that, that he will take off, and you know, you'll um, see him some somewhere in the big leagues. That's great. Okay, thank you, Victor. Thank you, Lipso. You got it. And that'll put a wrap on episode number 142. I actually do have uh, a couple more uh, Richmond player interviews, which I will get into an episode next week. Uh, hopefully going into a playoff, so we'll, we'll see how the how the season goes with Richmond. Um, but we're, we're kind of getting to the end of the year, so I'm, I'm going to try and get these player interviews out uh, while I still have access to the guys. Before we get into an off-season of, of more talking with... Uh, you know, prospect evaluators and, and, and the usual thing. Thanks everyone for listening. I'll be back again soon. Goodbye.